0: You know, rather than a checklist of things to complete, um, the idea is we can never complete love, but rather just invite God's spirit in us and ask God's spirit to guide in the day to day of how do we love? How do we continue that debt of love to other people? Well, hello, everyone. It's the Fanoosting Podcast. No, that's not Fanoosting Connect yeah. podcast.
1: We're connecting. We're connecting.
0: <laughs> With John Fanus and
1: David Day. And welcome,
0: everyone. We're super excited to be with you as we dive into going deeper with Romans chapter 13. Uh, but before we do, David, you had a wonderful question for us to answer.
1: Yeah, I thought it'd be funny. Last week, you shared about a, a bat and a dead cat, and so animals have been on my mind. What's been the strangest animal encounter you've had or we've had? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's the strangest, but it's the most memorable. So I was on a hike with one of my boys when we he he was a lot younger. I want to say three, four, or five in in the mountains. Um, It wasn't here in Davis. And as we were hiking on this path, what I think was a coyote came right in front of us. Now, I grew up in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. And I'm not like, you know, I know Davis is super outdoors, but I had no internal sense of what like should I be running for my life Uh, or is this like this safe thing right so what does the Bay Area techie guy do when the coyote is – he pulls out his phone and tries to Google are coyotes dangerous quickly with very poor data internet? It was a very stressful time because it's with my kid. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the story resolves that the coyote eventually ran away. Yeah. And I don't think I ever got my answer. But it, I was terrified. just want to say I didn't know what to do. Will I die? Maybe it was a fox. I don't know what it was. It was something where I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. How afraid I should be (laughs) and what precautions I should take. So, how about you, David? What's your. Yeah, for
1: me, mine was actually um, I did a trip to Mongolia. Uh, This was my sophomore, junior year of college. And um, when we were out, we were just driving through the country. And if you're ever in Mongolia, there's Ulaanbaatar, the capital city. And then everything outside of the capital city is very, very sparsely populated. And so we're driving through, and there's this little boy holding a sign that said $1 pictures and he had a giant eagle. Like Ooh, the wow. wingspan was probably like six, seven feet. Wow. It was like a massive wow. eagle. And so our tour guide is like, Hey, do you guys want a picture with an eagle? And so we're like, um, it doesn't look super safe. Like, and the guy's like, Oh no, no, it's, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then we get there and then the tour guide starts haggling for the price of like the picture Cause he's like, Oh, a dollar's too much. We're like, and I'm just like, just give the kid a dollar. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's right, fine. Right, right. Um, and so, uh, we end up taking, uh, and then our group's like, okay, we have to pick one person to pose with the eagle. Yeah. And everyone just looks at me and they're like, David, you're up. And I was like, um, okay. So then, uh, the kid hands me this like glove and then he like puts the eagle on my arm. And this thing was like heavy. Oh, yeah, and you could imagine, like, right. you could like feel the power of the right, talons. Right. um, and then the eagle starts to like spread its wings. It was like really kind of majestic and everybody was, it was that like tension of fear and awe. Right. But, but I think, uh, that was one of my most, very uh, memorable.
0: Do you still have that picture? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. We had to. So, yeah. It's, it's on it, it. If you guys are Facebook friends with me, it's, it's, it's on one of my, maybe we'll attach there. it to this podcast oh, yeah, 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 yeah. as the as yeah, Yeah. We image. could do that too. Yeah. That'd be so. awesome. Cool, and so I know we're in Romans thirteen, and uh, we're in kind of the middle part of Romans thirteen. And so, uh, John, this week, what what was kind of some of the highlights of your sermon that you want us to kind of hold on to?
0: Yeah, the passage was Romans thirteen verses eight through ten. And um, up until now, as Paul has been talking about the ramifications of what God has done for us, he's focused on different uh, relational circles. Uh, Most of chapter twelve was focused on our relational circle with our own church. Uh the first part of 13 was with our government. And now he really focuses to our neighbor. And uh, is there, you know, not that the the approach to our own church and neighbor is that different, but there is a special sense of family commitment to our own church. Uh, but now he's basically talking about, hey, all the laws that we've had really they're summarized in love your neighbor as yourself. And love is the fulfillment of the law. And so we just talked about what it means to be a neighbor. And my real application was You know, rather than a checklist of things to complete, um, the idea is we can never complete love, but rather just invite God's spirit and ask God's spirit to guide in the day-to-day of how do we love? How do we continue that debt of love to other people? So
1: So as we think of even that distinction of like neighbor and brother and sister, yeah, I feel like, you know, me coming from a Chinese slash Taiwanese background Mm -hmm. and you're coming from an Egyptian background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think those cultures are less individualistic yeah, and right. so that family dynamic is perhaps a little bit more highlighted. But I think for most of us living in kind of an individualistic mm-hmm. society, those distinctions can be hard because we yeah. just want to see everybody as an individual. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think are some of the benefits of having those distinctions and like what why even have them? Like why can't we just view everyone as the same?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um it's interesting. There's a verse and I'm, not recalling where it is, but do good to those, especially the family of believers. Mm. So there's a sense of we're called to love all people. that's, um, but there is some type of commitment. and i I think the idea of mutual commitment within a family, like, I can love a stranger on the street, but my expectations of a church member is we're family. Mm. So there's just a different like there's a mutual commitment there. Yeah, and I think there's a benefit out of that that we're looking out for each other in a way that those who are not part of the church may may have, but may not have Mm -hmm. as well. There's a different, there's also a common identity that we have the same Heavenly Father. Um, We have a common story of what our Heavenly Father has done for us. Um, And I just think our greatest witness is our love for one another in the church. That's Mm -hmm. the other irony in all this, is Jesus says, it's gonna be your love for one another that shows that you're my followers. Um, And some of the early church expansion Uh, had a lot to do with the countercultural nature of the church of how well they loved each other in the midst of a society that was divided over whatever it was. And so, there's a commitment there that actually enhances our witness to the world.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, this passage, Paul encourages us or kind of even quotes Jesus to love your neighbor as yourself, right? Um, Because I think sometimes even in hearing that, it's like, okay, we we, we love the church family kind of in a unique way. Mm -hmm. And then there's those on the outside. The temptation is to think, well, if we spin that to 100, then you're going to have this kind of insular yes, in-group. absolutely. And then you're going to... So so it's like, yeah. you know, the tension can break on both it ends. It totally can. So for some of us, our temptation, like when we hear love the church family more, that like we get excited. We're like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's about that. And then for some of us, we hear love our neighbors, love the outside, and we get excited. Absolutely, Um. Yeah. So h- how would you kind of yeah. help people hold that tension. So such a good question. Like, for example, for me, it's easier to like love my in- Right, 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 right. yeah, yeah.
0: I'm glad you asked that question, because I think Davis as a community is way more about love your neighbor. Like Our church is always asking, what can we do for our community? How are we gonna serve our community? How are we gonna make a difference in our community? Mm -hmm. And that's been a huge, and I think that's always gonna be true. I love that. We wanna make a difference. And our church was kind of founded on wanting to make a difference. The thing I've been trying to kind of help our church see is, let's just see you do all this work in the community, but you bring people to a church that's dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. It's kind of fruitless you know, in Mm -hmm. some sense, because ultimately when you're reaching a community and doing it in a community, there's the hope that they become part of God's community. And if that's not something worthy of being part of, then all the work that we're doing externally kind of has a short shelf life. I don't know if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So I really do think in, in this season in particular, I don't think this will be forever. We've been really focusing on how well are we doing with each other. So there's that. Um, but I guess the other extreme is what if you're just insular and all you do is focus on just us? I think that's kind of yucky too. It feels like a, you know, when you have a lake without a river outlet, it just gets stagnant, you know? And so there's something about amazing love wants to expand and wants to include. I think of even God who is Father son and holy spirit and i think creation came out of an internal relationship that god had that was so amazing it had to overflow and so i would just say if our internal love doesn't result in wanting more people as part of it then that probably says there's something unhealthy about our internal love that in fact i heard this illustration of um a husband and wife deciding when do we want to have kids what's the right timing and there's bad reasons to want to have kids a bad reason is our relationship stinks and maybe having a kid will improve it. Mm. It's an awful reason uh, to have kids, but probably the most purest reason is our love for one another is so strong. It has to extend Mm. to somebody else. And I think that's, you know, your internal love is good when you have this sense of it has to expand. Um, But if you're trying to improve your own church life by this outreach more, I don't think that works. You Mm. know, I think, I think, Anyway, I'm not sure if I'm making sense, but yeah, I just yeah. So it yeah. sounds
1: like it's kind of this inside-out working. Uh, yeah, and then also it's kind of sounds like an uh, kind of idea of depth and breadth. Yeah, uh, as well, right, where yeah, where right, right. in loving yeah your community, your family, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the depth, yeah. and then yeah. you know loving out is... No, right.
0: I think the purest thing I've seen is when people are loving their church so much and getting joy from it so much. They just can't wait to include other people they care mm-hmm. about in that community. I think. Yeah. And however that expands. It could be, you know, I had someone talking to me about, like, can we do this event for in our church that reaches out to um ag people on how to use their ag skills for the poor? I'm like, it's so mm-hmm. cool. So it could look like that, or it can look like I want to invite my friend to church, whatever it is, but your love for your church is so wonderful that it it, it wants to expand. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great sign and it's a counter to the insular, you know, protectionistic view of church.
1: Is there like an example in your life that you feel like you were the recipient of that love of the church in a way that drew you even deeper or closer?
0: Yeah. You know, I can't share details on this just because it involves other people, but there was a season in my life where uh, things with my biological family just broke down Mm. in a pretty hard way for all of us. And I was surprised at how quickly my faith community became my family in that moment. Mm. We will house you. We will support you financially. We will help you get the resources. It was like overnight. And so it it was a healing moment to feel, hey, this area is broken right now but this area is coming in really strongly. Yeah. And I think it was through that, that the biological relationships were healed over time. Mm. Yeah. So that would be one example. Cool. How about you? Anything you could think of in that respect?
1: Yeah. So I, I grew up in church. Yeah. Um, and so, but in my teenage years, um, my faith was really kind of confusing because I was going through that process of, is this just something I grew up with or is this something I believe and, and all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I recall one, memory which was um this was towards the end of my sister's life um she had gone into a coma and um was in hospice care and uh we did hospice care at home and then i remember we had one week where just a bunch of people were kind of coming in and out of our house to to care for mm-hmm. us and things like that um but for me i just sat in my room kind of alone because i didn't want to kind of be in anybody's way yeah um, and so I remember very clearly my room was next to my sister's room, and so my door was like half or like barely ajar, mm-hmm. and then I was just sitting on my bed and I turned my lights off because I didn't want anyone to know that I was there and my friend's grandma opened the door and she peeked in and she mm-hmm. saw me sitting on the bed mm-hmm. and then she walked in, closed the door, and then just sat next to me wow. and didn't say a single how, word How how old were you around then? I was like nine. Wow. Yeah. And it was a very, as a nine-year-old, I'm like, why is this grandmother just walking into (laughs) my room? Like, what does she want, right? Yeah. And I just remember that initial agitation of like, what does she want? What is she like? What do I need to do? Like, things like that. And then just her sitting beside me and then just kind of non-verbally communicating like she just wants to be present. Yeah. I think was just such a powerful memory and it's something that like i still go back to yeah. to this day where it's like man that's what love looks like at yeah. times and so you know i think sometimes we joke so around good. about the amount of one-on-ones i do and things like that mm-hmm. but really it's like it's because i re- received like that that's how that, you yeah love so and well so i was like yeah. oh wow this is so what it powerful. looks like so it's like i learned what that love looked like within the church yeah and then that translated to yeah. now I know how to love my neighbors. Yeah, that's so you good. know. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I would say a caution. I would say for our church, and this is for Christians in general, and it's it's fairly common, and I think it was common when I was younger too, is when you feel cynical about the church, or you say things like. I can't stand Christians, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I love to be around non-Christians. And I it, honestly, that phrase I've s- said a lot as my as a younger person is like, mm-hmm. cause "I'm such an evangelist." I'm like, "Oh, I hate the church, but I love non-believers." Mm-hmm. What happens when my non-believers become believers? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, do I hate them? Like, yeah. what happens? A not good motivation to be insular is safety, mm-hmm. right? A not good motivation for be external is cynicism towards the church. Mm-hmm. That doesn't get you very far, and I think. For some, this is not all for sure, but that for some, if you're dealing with cynicism with the church, which probably has some real pain—not to belittle that—and you see a result is, well, I just want to do community service and da da da. Just be cautious that there might be some healing that needs to be done about your cynicism, and not that it can't still result in community service, but that that cynicism can't be the the um, the fire behind external stuff because mm-hmm. it's really you're dealing with some pain in a way that's indirect versus direct. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. 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 And in many ways, it's like, even if you love your neighbors and then they become Christian, whether you like it or not, they, you have become the church in, in, in kind of, you know, in a way. So that, that cynicism towards the church, I think is kind of shooting, literally shooting, shooting, shooting in the the foot. foot, Yeah. Yeah. And
0: this is not to belittle reasons people feel cynical. I mean, I've gone through that phase and I think, but, it's like any relationship when there's pain in it, it's better to step into the pain and work through it versus avoiding the pain through indirect ways of doing that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's obvious, but perhaps helpful to be voiced. Like the reality is the church is as broken as every other thing. Right. Kind of, but, but it, at the end of the day, it's still the vehicle that God chose. Yeah, to yeah. Use, God's so. grace
0: still works through it in a way that we can't take credit for. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Um, I know another point in your sermon was about this idea of love um, yeah. as this kind of action that we are continually kind of um, committing to do, yeah. and this idea of debts being owed. The 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 caveat and the the one thing that's different is love where Mm -hmm. it's like, you just keep loving. Mm -hmm. So if you could just like kind of flesh that out more and.
0: Yeah. I mean, I joked about the sermon that, you know, the joke is husbands tend to use fewer words than wives. Obviously there's exceptions across the board. So it doesn't make sense for a husband to tell his wife, sweetie, I love you. And you can assume that's true. And if anything changes, I'll let you know. (laughs) You know, that does, that's not how love works. Like check, I could move on. Um, in the same way you can't tell a neighbor, Hey, I didn't steal from you today. Check. I didn't murder you today. Check. Mm -hmm. Love is different in that you can never look above. You can never be on top of love and say, I've done, I've done it. You're Mm -hmm. always looking up to love as there's always more to do. Now Mm -hmm. that's just not a guilt. Like you're never perfect, but hopefully it's freeing in that, uh, there is no check mark for love. Yeah. There is there is no I've completed it. And so there's this humility of I'm always wanting to grow in love and always wanting to love. And so mm-hmm. that's part of why I didn't offer a lot of specific applications mm-hmm. in this term, but more like I just want you to recognize God's spirit in you and ask God's spirit, how can I love today? Yeah. And really, that I think that is is what we can do with that. Um, yeah, but yeah, you just can never. I mean, it, we we would all laugh if someone came up to you and said, Yeah, I've loved you enough. Mm-hmm, you know, it's mm-hmm, like, yeah. have you? Like, <laughs> how do you know? What have you yeah, done? And it's right, like, there's, right, there's right. no. You can't say that about love. Where yeah. you can't say, "I've paid you back." I've, you know, I've, I've paid you for what you've done, or right. I, I told you I'd borrow this and return it. Check. Right. You can't do
1: that with love. It's just, it's not a debt that you can pay. Yeah, I, I forget if I've mentioned this before on the podcast or not, but a, a helpful measure that I find for love yeah. is creativity.
0: Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, so yeah. I think
1: it's, in some ways it's like. What is the most creative thing that's ever been created? It's like, uh, it's hard to, you know, I guess we could cheat and be like God's creation, right? Right, 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 Uh, totally, yeah. But you could say the same thing about love, right? Like what's the most complete form of love? Well, yeah. it's God's love, yeah, right? right? But right. if you had to take it down to a human level, like uh-huh. what's the most creative human thing ever? Yeah. That's there's no way to cuz right. do you go with art, music, right. science, right. engineering, right. whatever, right? Yeah. Um and so I think likewise when we're called to love, we have to think like what are the ways in which God has equipped us uniquely? Yeah. Um, and what is our creative outlet? I love, love that. Well. I yeah.
0: love that. Church, hold on to that. Again, not to use it as, as a guilt standard, like am I creative enough? But more of, you know, God, Holy Spirit, as you teach me to love my neighbors, anything creative I could do for them. Right, I just think that's right. a great, it's a beautiful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and it's liberating in the sense it that totally like there's is. no, I mean, there are like general rules like the don't murder and the don't, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but, but it's freeing in the sense that, Oh, I I can kind of do it my way. And I think that goes to your application, like allow the spirit to kind of speak to you and and to love the way that you're called to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The other thing I just mentioned was that, you know, love fulfills the law and doesn't replace Mm -hmm. the law. And you can listen to the sermon for that, but just another thing to realize that the law, when we say the law, the commandments, both probably old and new, but primarily old, Uh, The law is incomplete without love Mm -hmm. behind. If you peel back the layers, the laws can be summarized as love God with all your heart, soul Mm -hmm. or strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Some are very upward glorifying God. The other others others are pure, love your neighbor. So you could summarize all the law that way, but love for your neighbor fulfills those laws, but doesn't replace them. In other words, we still need them for guidance. Uh, They're not obsolete. Uh, And I gave some illustrations in the sermon And the reason I bring that up is I think for some who have been Christians for a while, and maybe they're feeling disillusioned about some things in scripture, they might sometimes turn to, well, really it's just about love and you could ignore the specifics. you know. And I think what happens is you become your own moral compass as to Mm. what love looks like. And part of why the law is helpful is it gives us guidance and boundaries and what true love does look like. And 1 Corinthians 13 says, love rejoices in truth. It wants to know those things. So, Mm -hmm. another tidbit there.
1: Yeah, as you're sharing, I I thought of this quote um, by Tim Keller. Uh, He he wrote it in his book, The Meaning of Marriage. He says, to be loved but not known is comforting Mm -hmm. but superficial. Mm -hmm. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense, humbles us out of our self-righteousness and fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. Mm. And I think that law, those boundaries is kind of like that truth of knowing the Mm -hmm. person, right? Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, even just kind of maybe going full circle and connecting the dots a little bit. It's kind of like when we only choose to love our neighbors, but not our family, that's that kind of superficial. We love, but we don't know, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. The difference between a neighbor and a family is, you know, your family. Yeah, yeah. And so our goal here is we want to be known and be loved. Yeah. Um, both. yeah. It's a both and yeah. kind of a great. So. so yeah, church,
0: uh, simple application. The Holy Spirit's in you. Mm-hmm. Ask the Holy Spirit how to love. And David just added a little bonus. Is there anything creative I could do? i love mm-hmm. that. It's good. All right, you guys. Hey, uh, we have some guest speakers coming up the next couple of weeks. Oh, actually, you're speaking next week, yep, David. You're, yep. Yeah, you're, I wouldn't call you a guest speaker. <laughs> uh, and then we have Daniel Tavera preaching the week after that. If you've not met nice. Daniel, stellar guy, uh, heads up our Celebrate Recovery Ministry and has a great story. So we're looking forward mm. to interviewing him too. Yeah. And We have a couple more uh, interviews lined up that I won't spoil for you guys, but super excited about them. All right, you guys. God bless.